Welcome to Pivot Point, a podcast hosted by Liz Hart, Executive Director of Tailored for Success. In this podcast, we will explore stories of individuals who have made pivots to find and realize their personal passions. The workplace can be a stressful place, even under the best of circumstances. It can be much more stressful when you have a supervisor, boss, or coworker who it would seem is trying to make your workday miserable. Have you ever experienced the following? Having someone else take credit for your work? Experienced repeated belittling from a coworker, even if it was passive aggressive? Had a supervisor or coworker withhold essential information? had a supervisor make unreasonable and contradictory work assignments. If so, you may have been subjected to workplace abuse or bullying. This is episode 14 of Pivot Point, Success is a Journey, a Tailored for Success podcast. In this episode, I will be having a conversation with Cecilia Acufo. Cecilia has a Bachelor of Arts in English from University of Massachusetts, a Master's from Suffolk University in Adult and Organizational Learning, and a Master's in Journalism from Northeastern University. She is a blogger, writer, and podcaster with a story of pivoting that I think will help others. Cecilia experienced workplace bullying firsthand, and it has resulted in the loss of her job. But rather than let the situation get her down, she pivoted and is bringing light to the issue. As she says, sunlight is the best disinfectant. Welcome back, everyone, to Pivot Point. I appreciate you joining me today. Um, So, Cecilia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Happy to join Good. Thank you so much. Let's jump right into the topic. By um, speaking about your situation, you were terminated from your last position. And since we are in the new normal of COVID-19, it was by video. Um, Can you talk briefly about what happened to you on September 16th of 2020? Yeah. So just to uh, back up a little bit. So I was recruited to a job as a recruitment manager for the state, for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Um, by someone who became one of my two supervisors. And she had reached out to me about the job. And once I decided it would be a good next step for my career, I went through the hiring process, which took several months. So my first day on the job was September 30th in 2019, um, of 20, I'm sorry, 2020, 2019. Yeah, I know, it's like, what year are we in? Right, right, my first day was September 30th, 2019. On September 16th, 2020, I received an email um, from my other supervisor saying that I'd be meeting with her and the human representative in 15 minutes. So I got this email. It was sent at nine o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. and said meet in 15 minutes. And at that time, I was told it was my last day. So basically, I was fired, came out of the blue. Um, Two months prior to that, I had spoken up about behavior that was unacceptable and I thought was abusive. So there's always a possibility when you say things people don't want to hear that that could happen. But at no point did they indicate to me at any point that my job was in jeopardy. About firing by video, what I would say is this, COVID was their excuse to fire me by video, but 
you know, the first day the governor shut down the state, they made everybody come in and people had started returning to the office. The goal was really to strip the process of any dignity. That's really why they fired me by video. Wow, so yeah. the COVID was the excuse for anything that they wanted to do. No, you, sorry, you, you've got to work for the holiday. Nobody else is, but it was just, it's a cover for everything. So mm. I didn't and so you had no, um, no inkling that this was, this was going to happen. Um, no, uh, because I, yeah, so no warnings, no. I received no warnings. That's actually not mandatory, which I, I always knew somebody could tell you, get out, you know? Um, for all my experience working in HR and even seeing at the very least, people try to leave a paper trail. They try to look good. They try to cover nothing. Mm. Um, the boss had asked me if I thought it was, if I thought, you know, I was a good fit once I spoke up. I said, I love my job. I think it's a great fit. I don't think the behavior is acceptable. I did say that, but I said, the fit is great. I love all my coworkers. And I kept reiterating that, but they mm -hmm. never said at some point, we're going to let you go. But you know, that is always a possibility. So nothing surprises me. Um, I just didn't expect it to come from these folks. But again, right. at the end of the day, it's a business relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, and what, so what happened? So you got the email saying, you know, you got to meet in 15 minutes and then how did it go? Um, basically I listened to everything they had to say. Once they said that, I mean, I can't even say I wasn't, that was not, I wasn't expecting it, but you know, um, nothing surprises. Like, I was surprised, but not surprised. Mm -hmm. Um, it, they just, you know, my boss read off from a script she tried to avoid eye contact yeah. the hr rep who knew me you know the people that i worked with um i had a good reputation i could tell she was just there were tears in her eyes basically yeah yeah and i could tell she was upset but you know she had a job to do um she probably got dragged in and this guy here you're gonna help me fire this person today right so right. uh but yeah. uh so i just listened to everything they said and i again my my boss said, quoted from the letter. Um, so as you said, you know, the pace isn't working for you. You said you're not a good fit. And I said, I just need to say a couple things. One, I never said I was a good fit. And as you know, I try to be as accurate as I can about what I say. And you said I wasn't a good fit. I, I never said that. I've always maintained that I love my job. I love my work. But you know, certain things were not okay. And I said, things have to change. That's what I said. Mm -hmm. And I said, the other thing is, I first, I said, the other two things I said was, um, I said, you know, if no one speaks up, change doesn't happen. And if I, I I'm not going to check my dignity at the door for this job, I'm mm -hmm. sorry. Yeah. So awesome. that's how it went. They said, you know, call us if anything, here's unemployment stuff, whatever. Um, <laughs> Like, so they take the list, the list off. Here's well, this, here's that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, send me my letter while they're firing me. But again, the idea was to strip the process of dignity because the goal was to put me in my place. Ultimately, for me, um, and I don't, you know, this is not always my go-to, but there was no other explanation for a strong contributor. Um, I, I insulted their who they thought they were. Who do you think you are? Right. Um, I was a black woman speaking up and I think it was an insult and they thought 
I'm gonna, ultimately it went back to, they had the power and how dare you speak to me, mm. even if it's professional. And ultimately they just, um, you know, they lean into who they were and they just yeah. said, she's gotta go. And I'm pretty confident if I were not a black female, I wouldn't have gotten fired and I wouldn't have gotten fired like that. Maybe eventually, but not like that. Not like, like get out, let's show you how important you are. It's hard for me to even understand like how, what you must've felt like at that time. I mean, you're a strong woman. So, um, you know, they talk about getting terminated being described as one of the most stressful events an individual can go through. Um, there's a, a range of emotions from anger to grief to relief. Um, and everyone processes it differently. Um, but you actually pivoted. Um, and I, I and with this podcast, I like to highlight people who have had certain circumstances and they made pivots. And in my my opinion, the pivots have made them stronger, right? And they have really dealt with whatever circumstances that they've had to um, to deal with. And so you pivoted by um, blogging and starting a podcast. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that then what that will do is that will illustrate some of the, um, the dignity issues you talk about and the social justice. Yes, yes, yes. So that, you know, that experience to me was so egregious that anybody should experience that. But also the reason why my, my understanding about why in particular it happened. And it motivated me to add my voice to the conversation because I felt like I had a unique voice. Um, and I, you know, so that was part of it. Um, so, you know, starting the podcast was twofold for me. Um, the way I was fired and mostly I wanted to address it head on, um, just being fired for speaking up. Um, I knew I was fired to silence me and, and all of that. And so, and I knew that I'd done nothing wrong. So I really wanted to let people know what happened. Um, I, they also tried to, because it was just, you know, by any account, it was just appalling. And I think they knew it. Mm -hmm. Um, so they tried to keep it hush hush and sort of put a box, a lid on the box. And I wanted to uncover that box and let people know what really happened. So, um, I wanted to broadcast it. It was also a way of reclaiming my dignity mm -hmm. and flipping the script on its head. So, you know, the narrative is if you get fired, you must've been doing something wrong, except I have a really strong professional history. Even the place that fired me knew that. Um, and other professionals that I've worked with for years and that knew me well um, were shocked and appalled by what happened and how it happened. Um, and I just wanted to be able to help other workers to understand that, like, you know, this happens, okay? Mm -hmm. Somebody firing you doesn't mean that they're in the right and you're in the wrong. You're I know wrong. That's, that's obvious, but you need to hear somebody else say it. Yeah, and I yeah. wanted to put that out there um, and open a conversation for other people who had similar experiences. Um, and, um, you know, I wanted people to say, Hey, listen, you know, you, you do the right thing. You know, there are going to be consequences, but don't let anybody convince you that their access to power puts them in the right. Um, because 
power can act corruptly. So that's really what I wanted to reveal. So I wanted to have my own voice, but also to help other people. And um, by creating a series, talking about my experience would be like one podcast. But I wanted beyond that, I wanted to continue the conversation, even separate for me to give um, a voice to others who might want some insight into what happened to them. So regardless of what I do for employment, in the, this podcast is going to continue. That's great, because I, I do think that this is this is a conversation that people need to have and to talk about an issue that is rarely talked about. I think I, I remember when we had our um, our preview call, I talked about an experience that I had and how I didn't speak up um, just before a performance review and, you know, knew I should have, knew I should have and just put it off, you know, I don't want to be the nice girl and not get anybody in trouble. You know what I'm saying? We're trained that way. We're trained that way. And, you know, and I think, I also think that's a little cultural, right? And so, but in the performance review, you know, everything that was happening, the bullying came out and, you know, this person who was my supervisor, you know, was just basically just trashing me. And I was like, okay, I really should have, I should have been the first one to speak. Because it's almost like in, um, I talk a lot in salary negotiations, the first one that mentions salary is the one that loses. And the first one that doesn't speak in a situation like this, they lose, right? And so I want to talk a little bit more about um, work, workplace abuse and bullying, which it goes beyond just having a disagreement with your worker or your, your uh, coworker or supervisor, right? Um, can you really just, just sort of describe what workplace abuse is and um, maybe some of the causes and how is this even allowed to go on in workplaces? Sure, absolutely. Would I, I, if it's okay with you, I just wanna to touch on one thing you said where sure. you mentioned that, you know, you wished you had mentioned before the um, review. You know, I think when somebody's determined to destroy you and to remove you, it doesn't matter. One thing I learned last night from uh, somebody who um, does work in, in the employment area and um, legal work. Um, one of the things they said when I, when I sort of told a little bit more about my story, um, how I got the excellent, you know, they were like, oh, excellent review, right? A month before they fired me, he, he said, that's what's called a constructive dismissal. If they want to blindside you and they, they don't, they want to make sure you don't have um, a, um, they don't want you to see it coming. Yeah. Tell you how great you are, you know, so just before they lower the boom. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think my point is, you know, I think people have different ways of just um, punishing you if they've decided that they want to target you for whatever reason, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, you know, I so whether I spoke up or not probably exactly had nothing right. to do with that it. That was my point. So yeah. So so yeah. So what yeah. is it? What is it then? Yeah. What is workplace abuse or bullying? Um, so it's really you know it's not people can disagree that happens all the time. It's really um, it's really an intentional targeting to cause harm to folks, and you know it when it happens. Mm. People disagree, all the, but just because people disagree doesn't mean they're they're getting abused right um it's you know it's like a lack of giving people dignity it's you know trying to prevent them from doing their work it's um being unfair sort of making sure they have more work than they can possibly do 
and right. telling them they're not doing like these are all considered like bullying tactics. There's so many tactics, but ultimately, you know, when you're experiencing it, you know, and um, there's some, you know, I have a friend who is actually a lovely person. And when someone that um, is, she's, you know, um, more senior in the organization, when they don't want to hear something, they say they don't feel safe. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> that, that's not, that's just a whole different thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, Professor Jeff um, Pfeffer says, um, he wrote Dying for a Paycheck. And he mm -hmm. said, I'm going to tell you a quote that he said, he said, conservative estimates found that in the US, more than 120,000 deaths per year and the related extra healthcare costs are $190 billion a year. Um, and they, this can be attributed to harmful management practices. And this is basically the targeting of people and basically employee abuse and just not really caring for your employees. Mm. Um, and, and, and part of that is really not, just not, just not um, giving attention to who supervises these employees. Um, like, so one example for me is, you know, sexual harassment used to be considered part of the cost of women being in the workplace. It still happens, but it's no longer acceptable, right? So abusive treatment that people experience um, is making people sick and shouldn't be the cost of earning a paycheck. So, um, <clears throat> So anyway, I don't know if I answered your question. No, you did. And you know what, when, when you were speaking about that, what I uh, immediately went to was I jumped to, um, I had a podcast about, for a victim of domestic abuse. And in some ways, this is a lot similar, right? So, you, you know, you're working for someone, they hire you, right? They, you think that they respect you and your professionalism. And then, you know, one day out of the blue, that honeymoon period is over. And you feel it that that something isn't right. You know, it's it's like it's like pornography. I can't explain it, but when I see it, I know what it is. That's right. When someone is bullying you in the workplace, you know it. And it may be hard for you to explain to somebody else. Um, and now in my case. It, everything looked like it was fine because this woman would, you know, come and get me for coffee every morning. And, you know, we looked like we were best friends, but, you know, I was just like, why are you doing this? Why would I want to have coffee with you, right. you know, to start my day? Because you're going to say something that's just going to just ruin the whole day. Right. And, um, and I think that, um, you know, I think the professor is right. I mean, if you don't, if you don't deal with this, the stress can cause, you know, all these physical ailments and, um, and certainly mental health problems um, that, you know, if go gone undiagnosed can, can lead to tragedy, can lead to tragedy. That's right. One of the, one of the things that um, on the Workplace Bullying Institute, one of the things that they say is one of the first signs that you can tell that your workplace is not healthy for you and the stress and the tension. First of all, you're feeling, you're always feeling like a sense of doom to go to work. Right. Um, that's one thing. But the other thing is just hypertension. That's like one of the first things. Mm. And they've heard thousands and thousands and thousands of stories, which, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it's the same. That's just one way it starts, you know. Um, 
the person that I mentioned that had this experience where he couldn't get a promotion, but now everybody wants to work for him because he's doing so great. Um, he had kind of a unique story and he was part of it. He was actually part of a webinar. And um, one of the things he talked about was um, he had been a, a police officer for many, many years and mm -hmm. switched into the legal field. And he said, I had to go get therapy for what I was dealing with, sure. you know, but um, you know, this person that they wouldn't, you know, promote, but to his character, you know, people that he arrested are some of his clients, including yeah. the people working for him. That was <laughs> so anyway, the point of all that is it's just, it's really devastating to folks. And um, yes, it's, yeah. you know, and you know, you know, you know, it's an unhealthy environment when it gets to that and everybody needs a paycheck, but yeah. people shouldn't have to trade their health for a paycheck. And what's really ironic, the, you know, I had sort of had that feeling of doom for a long time. It was beyond the supervisor. It had become an oppressive environment. And it was really just, I dreaded waking up because we were working from home and going mm -hmm. to work. And I just thought, but you know, I love, my coworkers are awesome. I, you yeah. know, we were in it together. Right. But what happened was from my one person crossed the line and the day I crossed the line and I crossed, I called her out. That's the first day she sort of said, is this a good fit? Because I called her out. <laughs> yeah. You know, I said, right. it's a great fit. I love my job. Right. And I just kept saying that. And she kept telling me, is this a good fit? It's awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but what I would say, this is what happened. Um, you know, they talk about the Workplace Bullying Institute talks about how um, just bullying is synonymous with, with abuse, mm -hmm. right? With, with partner violence, domestic yeah. abuse, all of that. Um, it's the most synonymous. And what this person did was she did something that I've never had someone do to me. And the only other person I ever knew that did this was someone that is, was a spouse of a family member. Mm -hmm. what they would do to keep their spouse and their children in line. Wow. And it was so unacceptable. They would never do it to me. Yeah. Like they shouldn't do it to anybody. The supervisor did it. And I couldn't believe yeah. it was allowed in a workplace, in mm. a professional environment. And that's when I spoke up. And at some point, I would keep bringing that up. At some point down the line, the other supervisor, who was one of those people would, who would help their friend hide bodies yeah um said sort of basically condoned it had you known about this issue beforehand um that, that issue was hid from me yeah because i think i do think bullies read their targets well yeah i learned that I, you know yeah it all goes back to the playground yeah so I think they hit it really well until sort of like I, I did something to upset their apple cart Yeah. Um, because I was doing my job, which mm -hmm. meant this person had to help with my job, which they didn't, that was not, yeah. they, so just, you know, that's what we all did and that's what they professed to do, but it's not really what they wanted to do. Right, that's right. That's the problem. Yeah. So the real person comes out and the real person is going to clash with mm -hmm. my line. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just yeah. not going to be pretty. But did I explain that? Okay. No. Yeah. You really did. You okay. really did. And using the analogy of the playground, I mean that. Think 100%. about that. You know. You know. Any listeners are out there that are, you know in the workplace, and you think about the playground. 
Yeah, I think you can start to you, you start to spot the signs. And and you're right. Abusers can spot their victims they really do. well. And especially if they're used to the games. And that's what the Workplace Bullying Institute says. Listen, you will never be able to play. You don't think like that person. Right. They're, they've been trained to attack before you attack. Right. Exactly. This the reason I, 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 this stuff sticks with me. I went to 10, I went to not 10 schools. I went to eight schools mm -hmm. by the time I went to high school. So I've been around and seen a lot of different personalities. So I learned very early to just to, to survive. survive. Yeah. Why? The short version is my mom was a teacher and she moved around a lot. And so you know, um, so that was part of it, depending on where the jobs were. And um, it's all coming out in the memoir. So will the story. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we'll both be writing a memoir. Let me That's tell right. you. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, Cecilia, this, I'll be this a is a reader for you, Liz. Okay. Uh, okay. There you go. There we go. Y'all heard it here. Um, That's right. But, you know, I, we could go on and on about this okay. subject and I just I really would love to have you come back and um, I would be happy to and talk about this a little bit more I mean I'm gonna I, I've been doing my research on this um, I've got a lot more to do clearly okay. and um, you know I do my husband does have the book dying for a paycheck which I'm um actually quote dying to get into, but um, I would love to have another conversation about this because I do think that this is an issue that workers need to be aware of. And um, we want to leave your li listeners with this is, um, know that your employer doesn't need a reason to terminate you. They maybe seem like they're trying to leave a paper trail, but ultimately they don't need a reason. Um, people kind of understand at will but they don't realize that means at will could mean today, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, so don't have the false belief that you won't be terminated without cause. Um, it can happen. You just have to be targeted by the wrong person. Um, and it doesn't happen all the time, but it can happen. Mm -hmm. um, don't think that discrimination laws will protect you um, unless you have a picture that proves that somebody wrote a racial or sexist or religious slur directed at you. It's like you got to draw a judge a picture, okay? Mm. You don't know what the judge is going to be like that you um, get to if you decide to take um, legal action. action. You yeah. just don't know. It's really hard to prove discrimination. And for, for the most part, a lot of the laws protect discrimination. They don't protect bad behavior in the workplace unless it's connected to discrimination, which again is really hard to prove, especially if it's one person's word. Um, if you're able as a small group to address the bullying or harassment, whether it's like two or three of you, more than just you two, um, more than just like one person, it, it might not make a difference. And chances are, if the organization is tolerating it, it wouldn't. But if you know this and you decide to make a case later, it would go toward a whistleblower case for the future in mm. case you need to go that route. But it's not necessarily going to protect you. Because like HR is basically there for the organization for the most right. part. So. Right, right. So I, I, I wanted to just leave those points. Yeah, thank you. That those are really great, great points because um, you know, like you say in your first tip, we all understand at will, but do we really understand that? That means like, okay, get get a box and, and that's it. You know, that's you're right. done. You know, right. um, get a so, box and that's it. That's <laughs> it. All right. <laughs> my 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 one go to is always. When pre-COVID, when you could actually go in the workplace, I would never bring more than one box full of stuff because if something happened, 
I'm going to make sure I take all my stuff with me in one box and leave and not have a problem. Oh, so, <laughs> that, that is, that's good thinking, right? And, and I've that's seen it happen. I, I, I remember Ooh. sitting at a, a workstation and my coworker sat on the, the opposite side of the cubicle and I was on the phone one time with a client and, you know, they decided to fire this woman and she was having a meltdown while I'm still on the phone with the client trying to like, <laughs> I can't believe my coworkers getting fired now. Like they didn't even call her into a, a, another room, you know, again, stripping the dignity from someone. That's and, right. um, and, and she was one of those coworkers that had, you know, her decorated her, her cubicle, like she was living there. Right. And I'm right. like, no, 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 you don't live there. You That's work right. there. That's it. That's exactly right. That's it. One You're getting a paycheck. Most. That's right. <laughs> right? That's and it. And you have to keep that mentality because it'll keep you grounded. Yes, it will keep you grounded yeah. all the time. All the time. It is just, even if you love your coworkers, you love your boss, you love what you're doing. That's right. It is still just a job. It's and business. it can end tomorrow. That's right. Like somebody so, else can come in and just yeah. change everything around. And they decide they don't like you. <laughs> right, exactly. Cecilia, thank you so, so thank much. You, um, I will so definitely good. be in touch and we'll continue Absolutely. this conversation. I would love to. Thank you again for having me. According to a May 1st, 2017 article in Savannah Now, written by Jacqueline Smart, Social justice embodies the vision of a society that is equitable and in which all members are physically and psychologically safe. Social justice also demands that all people have a right to a basic human dignity and to have their economic needs met. In this episode of Pivot Point, I hope you found inspiration by listening to the story of Cecilia Akufo and the discussion of workplace abuse, which she experienced firsthand. I encourage you to check out Cecilia's podcast, Workplace Dignity and Fairness, where she focuses on workplace issues and the fact that workplace fairness and dignity is a social justice issue. You can find a link to Cecilia's podcast, her accompanying blog, and additional information that she supplied about workplace abuse in the show notes. And remember, the road to success is never linear. Success is always a journey.